All right, What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you have? All right, so you guys know I love shouting out when ladies do something dope. So I found out that Cardi B and Lizzo are the only female rappers to reach number one with a solo song on the Billboard Hot 100 this century. And they're actually teaming up. They have a collab coming out August 13th. The song is called Rumors, and I'm here for it. I can't wait. That's awesome. I'm like, yes, queens, do your thing. <laughs> I love Ooh, it. I like you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the only female rappers in this century to reach number one with the solo. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, that is awesome. I Look, I, I'm a big fan of – I feel like we are – and look, I'm not trying to not pay homage to, you know, Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott and all the people that came before. Right. Like those those women deserve all their flowers or what. Not for sure. Uh, but I do like this this era we're in where it's we're seeing females take control of their artistry, for lack of a better term, when it comes to their music. And those ladies that you mentioned are for sure at the top of that list. I'm just surprised, you you know, the way you said it this century, I had to like do the math. Mm -hmm. So t this is 2021. You're telling me that in in the 20 years and I don't know what years they, they hit number one, but in 21 years, there's only been two ladies that as, have reached number one as female rappers with a solo song. So it's right. just their song. Yeah. There, there might have been a lady and they're with like a, as a collab or something like that. But alone, they're the only ones. Yeah. Love and the by the way, collab. it is national. It was National Women's Day today, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, happy so you National go. So Women's Day. Yeah. So it's like the perfect day for that to be brought to light. Uh, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. George, uh, George something else everybody needs to know real quick. You know that yeah. we're throwing a big fantasy football draft party. And this is such a cool promotion that we've got going on. And when you win, it's you and nine of your closest friends. It's on Friday, August 27th. So mark your calendars now. Friday, August 27th at hey, Hollywood. Cap, yeah. Can you hold on for one second to of read course. that in a few minutes? Yeah, yeah, hold on, because we're going to get – got to get to Kent Bazemore here in oh, just he's, a second. Oh, he's here. Oh. No, no, he, he's going to join us any second now. So I wanted to make sure that we uh, that we talk about something real quick because we were talking about Carmelo Anthony earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, a lot of these guys like Kent have – uh, have been with the Lakers before. Now, mm -hmm. Kent uh, Bazemore's situation did not last very long. He got traded for Steve Blake in a, in a short stint after that. But it really goes to show you what it means to be a Laker, that even though that stint didn't go so well for him, that he wants to return, right? Um, even six or seven years later or whatever it is. Uh, and how important that franchise is to the NBA. I've always called it kind of the crown jewel. Um, but I, I think that that, like, that to me... You know, LeBron certainly solidified that by just coming back, coming to the Lakers, right, right. and establishing or reestablishing them. But even little moves like this, smaller moves like this, I think absolutely help solidify that notion, right? Oh, I think so. I, I don't think there's any reason to think that Kent Bazemore wanted to come back and play for the Lakers if the Lakers weren't LeBron James's Lakers. I mean, I think that to me, that's the deal: is you want an opportunity to win. And you're like, yeah, you know, there was the 2013-14 season when he played for the Lakers, but now this is a whole different deal. And no different than Carmelo Anthony. I mean, no different than Carmelo Anthony saying, you know, hey, LeBron told me the time is now. If you're Ken Bazemore, it's kind of the same deal. You know, you, this is, by the way, the second time you're playing for the Lakers, but he also had two stints with Golden State because he started his career there right. and was yeah. there last year. So, you know, the, the going back to a team is interesting. 
but he's not going back to the Lakers that he played for back then. He's coming to the the new and improved oh, LeBron-led no. Lakers, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Lakers team was not what this Lakers team is by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So it's like... Um, but it, it is fascinating um, to to still come back because look, man, you look, you played college football at a high level. Uh, you were in training camps in the NFL. I mean, you you know plenty of dudes. You work in the NFL uh, on games. You know that sometimes these dudes harbor uh, ill will, for lack of a better phrase, when a team dumps them. You know, that's right, that's right. But I think when you look at the Lakers and you look at how Dwight Howard. When he first came to the Lakers, he was such a superstar. He was the Superman of his generation. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that in the first iteration of Dwight Howard with the Lakers, it was kind of a big fail, right? But Dwight came back the second round. Right. The organization and the roster had changed significantly. And he changed his role, and he went on to win a title. And so Dwight Howard is willing to come back for a third time. By the way, after the embarrassment of what happened last year where he right. put out a tweet, yo, I'm back, I'm signing with the Lakers. And then like five minutes later, they're like, no, you're actually not. And so he's back for a third time. So to get a guy like Ken Bazemore, and by the way, to your point, George, that you talked about him last week, about him being a defensive player, um, that's his reputation, right? I mean, it's been his reputation since he was a college player at Old Dominion. He was the conference's defensive player of the year. He's, he's got that kind of reputation as a defensive stopper. And so, yeah, so it, it will be very interesting to see does Bazemore come in, bring a whole bunch of experience? By the way, a tough road to get to where he is in his career. This wasn't first-round draft choice, playing at Duke or North Carolina or UCLA. This guy was undrafted and has had to really bust his butt to get himself positioned where he's had this sort of a career. So will he be able to get onto the floor and make a contribution, in particular because he's really a defensive player first? Yeah, no, absolutely, because that's Frank Vogel, right? Frank Vogel is a coach with a defensive disposition, so I do think that certainly that will be something that will get him an opportunity. I don't think there's any question. Look, I think Melo's going to get an opportunity. I think Dwight's going to get an opportunity. Beyond that, uh, I think I think Bazemore's probably next up as far as minutes, and I think Ellington is also in that particular conversation, at least early on. Frank is going to lean on veteran guys. It's not to say that a Malik Monk or someone like that can't get opportunities, uh, but I, I feel like generally a coach like that on a team that has championship aspirations like the Lakers certainly do, uh, are going to lean on veteran type of guys. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this question. Um, as we move forward here, and we see what this team is going to look like, we, we, we find ourselves in a conversation of how good can this team be, right? And I look at this team, and while I've said this before, I think that they are, I guess the best way to put it would be that they are a team with an incredible upside, because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but some parts where you question a little bit, right? Where, how that's going to fit, how that's going to work, and particularly Russell Westbrook. Now, I'm of the opinion, as I told you, that as long as LeBron James is healthy, and in this case, Anthony Davis is healthy, I feel like this team will be fine and they will figure things out. They are the team to beat in the Western Conference, but are they the team to beat, all things considered, everyone healthy? That's my question to you. Um, I personally don't think so. 
In other words, what I'm saying is while Vegas has installed the Lakers as the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship. This not all, season, not every book, not every book. So that's okay. why I asked you. Not yeah. every book has them as the favorite. I would think, this is just a guess here, and I told you earlier about my very undecorated gambling career, but I would think that Brooklyn is going to be everybody's choice as the favorite. So when you say, are they the team to beat, perhaps they're the team to beat in the Western Conference, but are they the team to beat to get to the championship? I think public perception will lean more towards Brooklyn than it will towards the Lakers. That's what I think. Well, I, I feel like the, the majority of the sports books that I've seen, okay, have Brooklyn as the favorite, the Lakers as the Western Conference favorite, right? Like we're looking at the potential of the matchup we all hope to see this past season. Vegas is telling us that's the probab the probable scenario in this upcoming season. Now, look, this upcoming season, both those teams will have had more rest, right? Brooklyn got eliminated early in the second round. The Lakers got eliminated early in the first round. Health shouldn't be an issue getting into the season. Uh, both teams should have a quote-unquote chip on their shoulder. I do think that's what we end up seeing in the end, as long as health is is a component that you can count on. Now, I'm also a big predictor of the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. LeBron James in two of the last three seasons has been hurt. But again, anytime he has an extended time off, I feel good about his health moving forward. Same thing with Anthony Davis. He's got an extended time here. I feel good about that. You know, we just saw what KD did, and we can touch on that a little bit on the other side with the Olympics because I'd like to have a, an overarching Olympic conversation with you because I feel like there's a lot of things there. But, you know, KD was the best player on this Olympic team. KD uh, yeah. is, is the best player probably now in American Olympic history based on his resume. The Olympic team didn't win without KD. As long as Kyrie and Harden, and I'm less worried about Harden, um, as long as those two guys are healthy, I think we are on a collision course between the Nets and the Lakers. I hope you're right. I do. I feel like we as sports fans don't often get what we want. Um, and so Brooklyn versus the Lakers is what everybody wants. And, and again, the, the, it takes a lot for both of those teams to get there and to get there to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I hope you're right. Um, Vegas says you're right. The fans all want to see it, but there's 82 regular season games, and then there's a, a bunch of playoff series, and everything has to go right to get those two teams to the actual finals. Because believe me, George, we all wanted to see Kobe versus LeBron. We all wanted to see the we Lakers did. versus the Heat, and it just never materialized. And that happens in lots of other sports as well, where we want to just get to the finale, and we all assume that the finale is this team versus that team, and it very, very rarely happens. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, and you're 100% right. Kent Bazemore looks like he's going to join us at 5.30. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to push back Would You Rather. I know you guys like that game. till about 5.40-ish or so. Um, and what we're going to do next is I do want to have this Olympic conversation. I'd love because I, I feel like there are a lot of different hot takes about the Olympics. Some people think it, it, they, pulled it, they pulled it off in a great way. Others were a little disappointed about the way things turned out. I, I want to have this conversation about the Olympics because I do feel like 
NBC specifically didn't do you, the viewer, a lot of favors. We'll get into that a little bit on the other side. We've got some great anniversaries to catch your way. Kent Bazemore of the Lakers will join us at 5.30, and would you rather at 5.45. It's Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. We're back in two minutes and 30 seconds. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You know, I don't know anyone that doesn't like Bruno Mars. Like, I could see maybe someone who's indifferent, perhaps, to his music. But I feel like there's no one that really says anything negative about him. I think it's really hard to say something negative about him. Laura, what would you say? I've actually never met anyone either. Like, I've seen Bruno Mars live in his early days, and he was amazing. I haven't seen him now as as he's evolved, but... He's great, and he's also a really nice person. So, yeah. That's what it seems like. Lindsay, do you know anyone that doesn't like Bruno Mars? I feel like he's very likable. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like him, but I would consider myself indifferent to him. Indifferent is one thing, but negative is is what I'm searching for. I don't feel like there's a lot of negativity. He's a phony baloney, but, you know. Whoa, phony baloney. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is interesting because George is making the case that everybody loves Bruno Mars. No, I don't say everybody. I said that there could be people indifferent. I did say that. Yeah, but, um, I mean, listen, I like Bruno Mars because I like a guy who can sing, who can dance, who can perform, who's got a snappy beat, blah, blah, blah. So, so Lindsay, what's your uh, what's your issue with Bruno? Well, don't get me wrong; he's an amazing performer. He's great. But, he can sing, he dance, and all that. But, but I feel like you know he he kind of I don't I don't I don't know. He just I think that he I don't want to get into it. Oh my! Wait, whoa! Wow, you can't just leave us hanging things. like that. Wow! This is okay. it what I think it is? What? Probably. Okay. I mean, there's like a little bit of a controversy yeah. around him, and yeah. like once you like look into it, he's kind. You know, it's kind of a cultural appropriation situation there. And because of that, I feel like it kind of makes him phony. Well, he has defended himself against that stuff in the past. so Sure, but anyone can defend themselves against something they're doing. But at the end of the day, he is doing it. All right. right, I got to do some Googling. Let me know when you guys need me. (laughs) Yeah, you, you, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to have to Google this. I mean, but you can, I mean, I don't know. Like, hmm. So basically you're saying that he is appropriating black culture in his musical work. Yeah, and he's made a lot of money off of it, but he's Polynesian. Right. Well, he's also Puerto Rican, right? He's like yeah. half Puerto Rican. Yeah, Yeah, he's half Puerto Rican, uh, half Jewish, and he oh, has a Filipino man. mother, yes. Oh, I like him more now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I need, I, I listen, I got to have somebody. I got Drake. I got half a Drake, <laughs> and now I've got 33% here of Bruno Mars. That I did not know. I like him even more. <laughs> I mean, listen, Elvis Presley, uh, you know, basically grabbed all his music from Mm -hmm. black people. You're right. He did. But he didn't pretend that he was black. Oh. Is that what he's doing? I mean, I I think you could argue, especially early on in his career, he gave off the appearance. I never knew that he wasn't black until, you know, this became a thing. I well, okay, so I agree with I've read all the stuff, the articles and all, you know, 
I followed the the whole situation. But when I met him, like he was really proud of being Filipino. So he did. T- I didn't know he was Puerto Rican until later. Like he didn't talk about that. But he did talk about being Filipino. So, I mean, at least with me, when I met him early on, he did talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, look, dude can sing, can dance, great performer, good music. Um, 100%, lot, just lot for the record, like not disagreeing there. A lot to like that. Yeah, I mean, there. if you want, you should go back and listen to it. He did a really good interview with Charlemagne the God uh, about this particular mm-hmm. subject back in March. Uh, it's worth listening to um, because I feel like there was a lot a lot of nuance in that conversation. Um, it's something you can go back and listen to. Um, Their interviews in, are great, by the way. Yeah. I know we it, shouldn't plug. You should, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're more interested in the subject matter, we don't really have a ton of time to get to that. Um, but um, what I did want to say before we get to Ken Bazemore and I get to the Olympics was uh, – so I have a thing going on, right? So my in-laws are here helping us out, desperately need it because – I've got stuff to do. I'm about to go to summer league here in a couple of days. Uh, My wife's working, right? The kids got things going on. So we have both my in-laws here who are tremendous and help us out a lot, and I really appreciate them. The only downfall is Mm -hmm. I'm used to walking around my house in my chonis, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I got to wear shorts all the time now. And it's like it's not that that hard, but I feel like anybody else who goes around their house walking in their around in their underwear fairly regularly, and I wear boxer briefs, so they kind of look like shorts, Mm -hmm. Um, but. You know, I feel like anyone who, who, who prances around their house or walks around their house that way, uh, you know, could appre- could be like, damn, dog, I got to put some clothes on. You know, like it just there is a little bit of that. But again, the appreciation of them taking care of my kids is more than me wanting to uh, stay in my underwear. though. Yeah. But it is a thing. I got to be honest. With you. One of the main reasons. Can I George- ask you? Can, can I ask ahead, you a Lindsay. really quick question? I'm sorry yeah. to interject. But, no, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I just want, I'm wondering this because I'm a woman and I've always, I never had a roommate my whole life until I moved out here. Long story short, I have a roommate. Um, we get along, you know, we get along pretty well. We coexist. But guy one thing girl. that bothers about me about, he's a guy. Mm-hmm. And one thing that bothers me about him is that he always walks around in his underwear. And I don't know, I feel like it's one thing if it's like on your side of the house and like, or even if it's like out on the, the couch and I'm not going to see you, but like every morning, he like makes this big production with his coffee and his bacon and all the stuff that he cooks. And he's always wearing his underwear. And then on top of that, he gets mad at me when my puppy like jumps up on him and nearly pulls his underwear off. And I just want to be like, well, maybe you should wear more clothes than that. And then it won't happen. Am I, well, am see, I, I think jerk? that's different, right? I think that, that that is not the exact same situation that, you know, I, and again, I, I'm doing this kind of half kidding. Um, but I, it sounds like you need a new roommate is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so I'm not I'm not a weirdo for thinking it's a little strange that he's no. If it's a roommate, that's different. Like you know, just like, wearing underwear. Weird. Is it just underwear yes. and, and nothing else? Yes. No shirt. Mm-hmm. His his like grimy deteriorating boxers and nothing oh. else. Ew, girl, no. Look, I'm looking for a roommate. I'm trying to move to downtown. We need to talk because oh okay. hey hey yeah. we might have a roommate situation. There like, you go. I don't know though. I I may never leave the marina. Oh yeah, no. I want. I want to. I want to. But George, your point you want to be able to walk your, to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your point about wearing your underwear while your your in laws are in in the house. You know, um, it was one of the main reasons I got divorced. If I'm having to be completely Wait, honest. Wait, what? Yeah. The underwear? Well, my father in law, my my ex father in law, used to walk around the house in a pair of boxers with a V neck white undershirt tucked into his boxers. At your house or at his my house? house? At my okay. house. And I was like, yo, man. So wait, he'd get to your house. Yeah. And then he would take off his clothes. Well, no, but like in the morning, you know. Oh, like, so if he st- if they spent the night, if he spent yeah, the yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, gotcha. no, he didn't walk in and take off his coat. I was going to say, did he just <laughs> go through the door? Hey, Scott, how are you? And then yeah. all of a sudden he's taking his pants hey, off. Hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to put my pants over here on the couch if you don't mind. <laughs> you know, hey, that treadmill doesn't look like it's getting a lot of work. That must be for my pants, you know? Uh, no, but he used to walk around in a pair of boxers with a white V-neck T-shirt tucked in very, very tightly into his boxers. And he'd, he'd be in my kitchen, like, making coffee or, or making cereal in the morning. I was like, yo, um... You put on like a bathrobe or something, you know, like like put on some kind of a. Now gown. it's your house, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. got to respect your domain there, right. In that situation, right. and like. by the way, if you want to walk around your house in your panties, even with your in-laws in the house, do your thing, man. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do it out of respect, um, you know what I'm saying? Because they still are the parents of my wife and the uh, you know grandchildren or uh, grandparents of my children. Um, so, you know, whatever, but I, I, I do feel like it, it is, I, I don't think I'm alone on this is what I would say. I feel like if I opened up the phones and Kent Bazemore is going to call us in a few minutes, but maybe we can take calls too at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I would not be alone on being like, damn, bro, I got to put shorts on. That kind of stinks. You know, Laura, what do you say? You let, you grew up in a Latino household. Yeah, man. Uh, that never happened. My dad never did that. My well, mom you have was like, girls no. though in the house, right? Uh, no, they're all boys. Oh, they're all boys. It's just oh, my mom and I. Yeah, but my dad was like very against it because he had three girls. Like I have two older sisters, yeah. so my mom's like, nah. Yeah, but like, your dad's probably wearing tidy whiteies, right? Let's be real here. I don't know, and I don't want to know what he's wearing. Okay, really, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, but he's old, so that's probably he's what he's wearing. Yeah. Like yeah, my he's shirt, my underwear either. look like shorts. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Ain't. Like Laura's dad ain't that old. Yeah, my dad, Kaplan's like, he's around my... Yeah, he's in his 50s. Yo, relax, George. No, in late on. 50s, though. Yeah, bro. he's in he's in his late 50s. But oh, yeah. but it is a thing, like, in Latino households, you know? Like, my brother-in-law hated when I would go and, and babysit the kids because he had to wear shorts. And he'd be and like, damn, like, damn, bro, yeah. Laura's here. I got to wear shorts, <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. It was like, I it can't was be thing. alone on this. 877-710-ESPN. No. All right. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we have Kent there? All right, let's talk to him. Kent Bazemore, newest member of the Lakers, back with the Lakers again. Now, Kent, before we get into any of the uh, basketball stuff, first of all, congratulations. Welcome back to L.A. But we were just having a discussion. Kent, I don't know if you can help me out on this. You tell me if I'm in the right or I'm in the wrong. So I, I'm here at my house, right? Um, I got, you know, I'm working. I'm busy. I'm going to summer league in a couple of days, right? I got to travel. My wife is working. The kids got stuff to do. So my in-laws are both here in the house, Okay. And they are, I am forever grateful to them because they help every, with everything, right? Especially considering that my kids are moving around doing stuff, camps or whatever, and me and my wife are in and out of the house. But I'm used to being in the house wearing my boxer briefs, you know, just kind of like being me in my own house. So, yeah. like, I'm wearing shorts because they're here because I'm being respectful, but I'm also kind of like, damn, I love the fact that they're here to take care of my kids, but damn, I miss just wearing my underwear. Where Am I wrong to, to, to feel that way? Just to, Even though I'm not doing it and I'm being respectful, am I wrong even to think that way? 
No, you can, you can feel what you feel, man. At the end of the day, it is your house. You know, you keep the lights on. You know, you got you got food on the table. So I mean, you, you can make the rules. But out of respect for 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 your in-laws, I think it's it's great that you wear shorts. I think they okay. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely they appreciate it. I don't think there's any yeah, question. Now, I think how, they appreciate it. How, how much do you appreciate being back in L.A. on this particular squad, man? Man, I, I'm excited. I mean, it's, this is, uh, uh, you know, you get to play with, you know, some of the, the unicorns of the game right now and, and LeBron, A.D., Russ, and then, you know, Melo, um, you know, Trevor Reeses, a lot of guys I can learn from in this roster. And also uh, we got a little bit of youth with us, too, that we can help bring up in, you know, championship environment. So uh, looking forward to bringing 18 back to L.A. Nice. Hey, Ken, um, do us a favor, if you don't mind, because I was saying this to George earlier. It's not like you had a career at Duke and you were a lottery pick and it was easy for you to have this sort of career. This is it seems to me like it's a grind and, and I love a great story. Um, just take us back to you're leaving high school. You're going to Old Dominion. Just how you kind of got to where you are for a guy being undrafted to, to have this kind of a career. Could you just talk to us about that? Oh uh, yeah, man. Um, so Old Dominion was a, was a funny story. I had uh, I think about four or five offers, and uh, Blaine Taylor drove up to my house from Norfolk, and we were sitting in the house. My mom made him like some fried chicken drumettes. She made like a whole little spread for him, and we're sitting there talking. And then we get down to the basketball side of things. He's like, you know, I've seen you play. Um, you know, you you don't really have the skill yet to be, you know. Uh, to be, you know, a good player at the collegiate level. So what we like to do, you know, you have the potential. What we like to do is redshirt you. So I'm like, what's a redshirt? You know, you sit out a year, you don't play. And at first I was like, what? I want to play, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, you know, it may be the best thing for you. So out of all the schools that offered, Old Dominion was the only school that offered a redshirt me. So it, it, we got up to, you know, an interesting start. But, I mean, that that's always just been my mentality just to, you know, kind of work, you know, just continue to work hard, uh, put your best foot forward, you know, stay as present as you can. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, going into my senior season, I break my foot. Um, so my name fell off the draft, draft boards. I get cleared to play like three days before our first exhibition game. And then we go, I mean, and from there, you know, you make a summer league team. Then I get traded down here. And just kind of just been grinding ever since. And, you know, it's just kind of, you know, getting off to that start, I think, really helped me, uh, you know, build a resilience and, and the persistence to kind of sustain. And, you know, I'm now going into my 10th season. So uh, I guess it worked. I now, so. I, I got to go back to when they came for the visit and you said mom was cooking. I heard I, I heard the drumettes there. What else was on that spread? Because I'm sure once once they had the food, they were like, not only do we got to get this kid because we think he can play down the road, but we got to get this kid because we need mom to keep cooking for us because this is great. Dude, I mean, my mom, she, my mom, she always, she cleaned the whole house and everything. Like, we never opened the front door a lot, but she had the front door open and everything. I mean, she set it up, laid it all out for, for Coach Taylor. So, uh, I mean, it, it was it was an amazing experience because, you know, I, I didn't really have any college coaches coming up to the house. You know, to to see me, I'm in California, North Carolina, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you lose cell phone reception like 40 minutes out. So we didn't get too many uh, passive buyers coming through there unless they were lost or something. But, uh, I mean, it's just a, you know, true testament to just kind of staying the course. Uh, uh, you know, not complaining about what's in front of you. Just kind of, you know, trying to be the best version of yourself in the moment. And, um, you know, this is a principle I still live by and, 
uh, is bid well for me. Yeah. Now, to that end, if you could look into the future and you could look at this upcoming NBA season, you just talked about staying true to yourself. If you could describe what you want your year to be, in other words, what your role on this team with this roster, what your skill set could be, could you could you walk us through that? Um, I, I think honestly, I mean, if you follow a little bit of, of, of what I've done, um, I, I think what I do, um, I, my three point shot has gotten a lot better. Uh, my body's gotten a lot stronger, so I can guard, you know, one through three, and even in this league, some small ball fours. Um, you know, I think I just have a, a, a great versatility, um, you know, that can add. You know, I've always looked at myself as a glue guy, so uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, um, you know, whatever a lineup needs, you know, I could, I could be, you know, many things for him. So, um, I, I mean, I'm just looking forward to winning, man. I, I came here to win. Um, and at the end of the day, it's all I'm focused on. I, we have a, you know, great coaching staff. I have some, some great vets around me that uh, help point me in the right direction because, you know, when you go into a season, you really can't do it alone. You need to you need the outside input. You need the, the outside influence from, from those around you, close to you to kind of help you become the best version of yourself. So um, I shot 41 from three last year. Um, so, you know, that's going to continue to get better. Realizing, you know, finding out where those shots come from. Um, you know, that's a different ground within itself. But uh, I, I'm, I'm very comf- confident in, in who I am as a player uh, and as a person and as a leader, you know, for this team um, and, and helping us get back to the promised land. Kent Bazemore with us here, newest member of your Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, look, 3 and D is what will get you on the floor pretty much anywhere in this league, and you've certainly been able uh, to stay on the floor because of those particular attributes. What kind of conversations did you have, whether it was with your agent or Rob or Coach Vogel or LeBron or anyone else on this team, uh, about your specific fit? Um, I mean, they just love, love my defensive tenacity, uh, you know, how physical I am. Uh, the swagger I play with, you know, I, I look forward to playing against the Lakers last season, you know, being, being uh, up in the Bay, obviously because it's a huge rivalry and, and you know, LeBron plays on this team. So um, there's two things that will always get me up in the morning. So, um, you know, I always, you know, bought it, you know, and it's a big game for us whenever we played them, they smacked us the first couple of times and we had them in a the play in game and, um, you know, I just, you know, looking forward to, you know, beating them. So, uh, you know, that's just the energy I carry with me. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the most fierce competitors I think I know, uh, you know, outside, you know, with my teammate Russell Westbrook. He's he's just as crazy when it comes to competing. Um, <laughs> that guy won't even smile at you if you're on the other team. You know, it's so funny. But uh, I'm looking forward to giving him crap about that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm here um, – I'm, 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 I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm refreshed. Uh, I took it some time this summer to, to heal the mind, heal the body, uh, reconnect with my family, you know, fill my heart with some, some good vibes, some good juju. So uh, I'm bringing, I'm bringing the good vibes out here. All right, I got one more basketball question, and then I want to get into what you were doing in, in the off season to get your mind right as you were talking about. But uh, you talked about it, right? Like having to guard LeBron, having to even potentially guard Russ in games and whatnot. You are one of the better defenders in this league. Give me your mindset, okay? You're going into one of these games, whether you were with the Warriors last year, when you were Atlanta, wherever. Like, you're going up against the one of these dudes, right? These future yeah. Hall of Famer types. What, what's going through your mind game day as you get ready? I'm going up against this dude tonight. This is how I'm going to do it. 
I mean, it has to be no mercy. I mean, if, if you give those guys, you know, an inch, they'll take them out. You know, if you back down early on, I mean, you watch Russ. I mean, he he started posting guys up and doing the rocker baby. So, you know, I mean, I, I can't, you can't, you can't have that as a competitor. Like, you gotta, you know, if you have to take a foul, do whatever you gotta do, just to show them, you know, you ain't going anywhere and it's gonna be tough all night. So, that's just my mentality. You know, when I wake up and you gotta go against the best and. Um, you know, that's what it looks like. My job will be this year is is, is taking on those assignments, the, the Damian Lillers, the Devin Bookers, the, the Donovan Mitchells, Stephs, you know, all those, uh, you know, the Lucas, all those high-powered guys, man. Like, you know, that's that's my job this season, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Kent Bazemore, let me ask you this. I have this perception that LeBron makes all the decisions. I may be way off here. But Carmelo talked about it, how LeBron called him and said, come on, man, the time is now. When you sign as a free agent, is it because LeBron has reached out to you and said, I like Bazemore's game, I want him? Or is this all through the Lakers organization, your agent, or is there any contact between you and LeBron? Would you explain how this free agency signing happens? Uh, well, yeah, they, they, were, they, they bought the best energy, I feel. Um, they really, you know, painted a picture to really make me, you know, feel like I belong on this roster. Uh, explain the position they were looking for and I felt like you know if it was a prototype I would be standing in there so um, I felt like it was was a great fit and uh, yeah LeBron did text me uh, you know kind of in there you know we got some good stuff coming Uh, we got some good stuff brewing over here you know a little quick text but um, I mean it definitely meant a lot um, you know to see that um, for him to reach out you know it meant a lot so well, when LeBron texts, uh, I mean, does does he does does your phone pop up with a phone number and you're like, who's this? Or did you have LeBron's number in your phone? Oh no, yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I I didn't have the number, but you know, I read the text and I got out to the bottom. I was like, oh, okay, so this is kind of serious. You know, it definitely you know made me, uh, you know, it definitely you know swayed you know swayed the the my decision a little bit. Um, you know, for him reaching out. But, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I cleared my plate this summer. I, my family was uh, out of town, so I was home alone, just uh, on the phone with my agent pretty much all day, just kind of, um, you know, getting my mind right about what's what's going to happen. And, you know, I just kind of let everything happen. I didn't really force anything. I took some notes in my notebook when teams would call. Uh, if I had questions, I asked, you know, vice versa. But the Lakers, they were in contact pretty much you know, all night, um, you know, for like the first four hours of free agency, they call like every half an hour, every 45 minutes, I get a call. Like, what do you, you know, and, and, and that to me, you know, meant a lot. Um, so uh, I'm human at the end of the day. And, you know, if, if we all, if we, you know, we get any, any amount of attention, you know, we're going to love it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here now and you know, getting get to see uh, Rob today, getting to see Coach Vogel, uh, Kurt, you know, those guys. Uh, seeing some old faces, you know, it's just, it really warmed me up on the inside. Kent Bazemore with us here. All right, before we let you go, you've been talking about getting your mind right, you, you know, during the offseason, during the free agency process. Put me in your house, okay? What music is playing? What's on the TV? Is anything <laughs> on? Are there candles lit? Are, you know, do you got, like, plants there, you know, to en- <laughs> enhance the environment? What is going on? Uh, Flowers? What is going yeah, on there? Paint a picture, man. Yeah. No, nah, so you know, it's 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 not like a, a dark room with candles sitting in these. You know, it's 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 uh, just kind of taking it easy and and you know, first of all, just you know, realizing you know 
how far you've come, being, you know, having some gratitude uh, about your journey, um, you know, because we, we live in such a different world now with social media and stuff. And uh, if you get caught up in all of that, you know, you know, people want to paint a certain picture of you. Uh, but, you know, you got to, you know, fight and in, 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 in who you believe that you are. And, you know, I just kind of recenter myself. I, I detoxed from all that stuff. I didn't really watch much TV. I have a back porch area with some, some, some chairs and a bunch of uh, banana leaf plants. You know, some that are like 10, 12 feet tall. So it's, it's, it's really nice. I, I hung up a new fan outside. Ooh. I built a trampoline for my kids. Like I cleaned out my house, I cleaned out my closets. I, I, I just kind of decluttered everything, and oh, I need to do that. Um, you know, so play some golf. And all I watch on TV is golf anyway. So where is this? Where's home? Um, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Got it. Got it. Yep. So uh, yeah, man, just you know, took a step back and just was grateful for you know how far I come and, and how far I got to go. So um, just kind of shut the world out for a little bit and paid off. All right, man, Kent Baseball, newest Laker here, joining us on 710 ESPN here in L.A. Kent, thank you, man. An absolute yes, pleasure having you on, man. Appreciate you, and good luck. We'll talk to yeah, you congrats, soon. congrats, man. Anytime. All right, man, take care. There he is, Kent Baseball. Hey, hey George, next yeah. time next time we have to dig in on one thing he just said. What? All I really watch on TV is golf anyway. I know. We can do that next time, but we're way over the break, yeah. so we got to go. Yeah. But next time we have him on, we can talk to him about golf because um, I know you love golf. You're big on golf. You can ask him about golf a million times over. I am curious. I want to find out what these dudes like when it's not basketball time. But we got to go here in just a second. We're going to be back in a couple of minutes. All right, give us your thoughts on what you thought about Ken Bazemore. Give us your thoughts on me not wearing my underwear around the house in front of my in-laws. Am I being, you know, do you like the respect? Uh, am I crazy? Am I, am, am I wrong for even thinking, damn, I wish I'd be able to just kind of hang around my house like I normally do. Is that wrong even to think that? 877-710-ESPN. And do you hang out in your house in your underwear, even with the families around? Hit us up. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We'll get to you on the other side. Plus, would you rather is pushed back to the next segment as well. Forgot about that. 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, I guess that's me, right? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it away. All right. Would you rather? Got Wait, but don't of... you have to give it away first? Oh, Give well, it away. Give it away what? now. Before I do would you rather, I think Scott Kaplan has to, to tell us something. Well, I thank you, producer Lindsay. Listen, everybody. We're throwing a huge fantasy football draft party, and we want to invite you and nine of your closest friends. Here's the situation. It's Friday, August 27th. It's at Hollywood Park Casino. The draft party is going to be hosted by Keyshawn Johnson, so Key's coming back from the East Coast, plus Travis Rogers and me. We'll be doing a live broadcast there that day. Listen at 6.15 today, so about 30 minutes from right now. Listen at 6.15 today for your chance to win your way in to our fantasy football draft at Hollywood Park Casino. All right, Lindsay, there you go. All right, let's go. Big deal. I'm Thank sorry, you. Game. Yeah, Would I was going to say, come on. You guys are really right. throwing me off today. Would you rather? Sorry. I've got yeah, some yeah. really, really good ones. All right. Laura, hit please. the music. 
There we go. Hopefully these aren't a little too crazy for you guys. All right. Okay. Would you rather get thrown into the ring with the world boxing champion and be forced to fight until one of you is unconscious, or would you rather be forced to compete in the Olympic ski jumping competition? Ski jumping? That is correct. Ski jumping. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, that kind of ski jumping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, George, what are you going to do? I'm going to go with ski jumping because... I feel like it's just one collision. <laughs> so because, because it's only one collision, and look, I may, maybe, maybe there's a one in a million chance I land, right? Or at least close enough where I don't, like, really hurt myself. But if I'm in the ring with, like, a, you know, I, I don't know, Deontay Tyson Wilder, Fury. Right, or Tyson Fury, he's going to destroy me. Um, and it unconscious is never a good thing. So I, you know, I, I just take my chances cause I feel like there'd just be repeated trauma as opposed to one trauma. So I'm going to go with the boxing match though, because the, the way you described it, Lindsay was that you have to go in and you have to fight until somebody's unconscious. Well, mm-hmm. if you, if I'm walking in against Mike Tyson, there's no chance that I can win that fight. None. So I'm going to pull like a Michael Spinks back in the day which is where Spinks walked in, and he was so scared of Tyson. Tyson threw a punch, it missed, and Spinks fell through the ropes. So <laughs> I'm going to just walk into the ring, knowing I'm about to get my ass handed to me, and I'm going to fall, and I'm going to fake it. Whereas having to do the ski jumping, once you take off and you're in the middle of the air, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not going to be able to land this. And when I land, it's more like when I, when I crash land, I'm going to break every bone in my body, evil Knievel style. I'll take the boxing match. I'd probably go with you because I feel like, oh, the idea of being in the ski jump and not knowing what's going to happen in the next 20, 30 seconds and then just, oh, no, 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 no. That's not for me. I would go with the boxing, too. All right. Next one. Would you rather win $1,000 in Vegas or lose $1,000 but meet and get to talk to your favorite movie star for a while by the pool? I would rather win the $1,000 because losing the $1,000 and hanging out with some movie star, in the back of my mind, I could be sitting there going, this was so cool. I hung out with Mark Wahlberg. We talked about you know, working out together in the gym. We're now BFFs. But gosh, in the back of my mind, I'm still really, really pissed that I lost that 1000 bucks. So I'd rather win the $1,000. That's my deal. So, so it's, what is it again, Lindsay? You would either win $1,000 in Vegas or you'd lose $1,000, but you'd get to talk to your favorite movie star for a while by the pool. No, give me the money, dude. I don't care about no movie star. <laughs> All right. Ne- uh, Laura, do you have perfect. one? I want the money. Like, Hell yeah. whatever. Give me the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. All right. Show me the money. Next. All right. Would you rather live to be 100 years old or start your life over from birth and live to be only 60 years old knowing what you know now. So basically, would you rather live a shorter life, but it is out of control good, right? Because you know how to maneuver through every potential hurdle of your upcoming life uh, because you're armed with that information. Or do you live your entire life to a century, but live through the ups and downs? Um, Hmm. I feel like I'd go with uh, – I'd rather get 60 great years where I know I can just the, – the world is my oyster. I'd rather that. I'll take the 100. 
don't know why, but uh, the longevity aspect of it all and seeing lots of different things that happen along the way. Like, imagine if you were 100 years old today and you think about 1921 and here we are in 2021. And if your brain is still together, you're like, yo, old guy, 100-year-old guy. Tell me about the craziest, most historic stuff you think about in your lifetime. I don't know. There's just a lot of wisdom and experience. I'll take the 100 years. Imagine being like, oh, I was alive and there weren't, wasn't even such thing as uh, TVs. And I yeah. didn't even know what phones <laughs> were. And now I can talk to you through a video on a phone. Um, amazing. Right. Remember when we were all kids and we would have those rotary phones and we would always think, wouldn't it be cool if one day we could actually talk to each other by phone, but we could see each other? And now we can. Now all right, we so here are things can. invented after 1920. Uh, the Band-Aid, television, vacuum cleaners, quick frozen food, water skis, and, and an electric blender. Just seven things uh, that I found here. on <laughs> That the blender about, really about, comes in handy. Think yeah. about how Louder? your life would be terrible without, you know, with those, without those 40 years. Lauda, what do you got? I actually would rather take the shorter life. Me too. Yeah. I, I rather like know and just be like, ooh, yeah. Then okay. 100 years Fair. is a lot, man. You're going to be tired, old. Bro, yeah. Bro I'm, I'm hurting. I'm 43. I'm okay? 43. Let me, like, I dog, if I get to 100, what am I going to feel like? Unless you're going to guarantee me some HGH or something mm -hmm. to make me feel good. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. What's next? All right. Would you rather streak naked through your office or... Be known no. as the office farter. Oh, I think the office farter can be a funny thing still, too. It's not it's not it's definitely gross, but you can make that a bit like that can be a thing like incoming. You know what I mean? And like everybody's like, oh, no, the farter, you know, like I think you can make that work for you. So I, it, I would rather be that for sure, as opposed to the other. <laughs> the naked streaker, though, in the office. It's just a one-time deal, like you just streak once? Is yeah, it once? just one time. Yeah, just one yeah. time. I'd have no problem with that. I'd have absolutely no problem <laughs> streaking. No, I feel like you could be tactical with the farting, man. You just get the people you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can make that work. But the naked thing doesn't really bother me so much, you know? What are you talking about? You literally sat here for months <laughs> telling us how fat you were because you were wearing drawstring pants and that you got to go on some vacation and you don't even want to take your shirt off. That is true, but, <laughs> but being naked doesn't really bother me. Like, having other people see me naked, it's like, whatever. Who cares? You've seen one, you've seen them all. It's, it's okay. I can do that. But if you're the, if you're the farter in the company, that, that's an ongoing deal. You know, every time you come, they're like, oh, here comes George. He's going to fart on me. Yeah, oh, let's here, go. Here comes George. He's about to crop dust me. Silent but deadly. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. It's a legacy. Uh, for me, just because there's no one in the office, I would probably do the streaking right now well, no, and get it over it. <laughs> it's COVID time. Nobody's here. Lindsay, you get to I'm with one. you because right? I feel like even when I do go back and there are a couple people there, it's like, uh, whatever. It's always empty. Yeah, there's not that many people there. It's not like you have to stop at everyone's desk and say hello. Streaking is running quickly, naked, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like you start in the back and you go to the other side and you're done. You see what? Two people? Like Amanda will see you? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll only see your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Who cares about so that? Anyway. All right, next. All right. All right. Would you rather have every hair on your body plucked or every fingernail ripped off? Ah! Have it. Neither oh. sounds really. I should have ended it when I had the chance. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Could have gotten us out of Plenty this mess. Plenty more where that came from. 
Yikes. Wait, um, what was the, every what was the hair on your body plucked. Oh, plucked. Now, okay, you, there's plucked. a cheat code you could kind of just shave before you... Uh, no, no, it's plucked yeah. with with the tweezers. You got to pluck no, them say, but before the before the tweezing, you could uh, potentially shave. Um, so there is a workaround. Um, mm, I mean, I mean, bro, I let me tell you something. Ripping a fingernail off is rough. It's happened. Um, I haven't ripped off a toenail like Kaplan has. Oh yeah, but I would imagine that's really painful. Mm-hmm. Ay ay ay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the hair. What the hell? Yeah, I'm gonna also go with the hair. Um, I'm not a particularly hairy person, you know. So yeah. I I don't think it would be a big problem. Go ahead and pluck me. You know what I'm all saying? Right. All day Fair long. Fair enough. You know, and and the toenails or the fingernails that sounds super painful and. The after effects, as I can tell you, not a good situation. For sure. But you know what is a good situation? And thank you, Lindsay, for Would You Rather. Coming up next, I want to get into some of the football stuff from this weekend. Great stuff at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Olympics. We never touched on that. Thanks to Kent Bazemore for joining us earlier. 